Welcome in, everybody. How you doing? Ah, if you're a Sooner fan, I know you. how you're doing. You're very angry. You're very upset. Maybe you're starting to get rational somewhat. But uh, do we have to do the show today? Do we have to do two hours? Are we required to do two hours? Contractually, yes. I Maybe so. we could just get up and walk straight out of here. It's going to be interesting. Now, we're ready to go. We're raring to go. I mean, somewhere. the vineyards are in the next room. You they want to are. just ask them if we can take the day yeah, off? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. How are we doing, Parker Thune? You well, were there at the scene of the crime on uh, Saturday. I suppose I'm doing about as well as one can do after watching the Sooners lose the final bedlam to the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. A team that, lest we forget, got throttled at Boone Pickens Stadium in September by a directional Alabama school. Yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. Crazy, right? Hey, uh, congrats to the Cowboys. They were able to make the plays. And what do you want to talk about? The uh, the tackling of Drake Stoops. But well, you know, you can't put it in the officials' hands, and that's true. But Oklahoma would have had the ball at the two yard line first and goal. So did it make a difference in the game? Yes, it made a difference in the game. But the Sooners again, when they have these chances to deliver. A potential knockout blow. They can't do it. You go up 28-17 in that football game when you've got the defense doing, you know, the defense wasn't the Steel Curtain or the 85 Bears or whatever, but they played well enough to win that football game. But the offense can't help them out enough. One more score and you're up 28-17. The history of this series, Oklahoma State's done. They're done. And you cannot deliver that knockout blow. You know, um, I don't know, Parker Thune, it's frustrating for Sooner fans. How about this clip from Mike Gundy, by the way? And Mike Gundy, he's done a fantastic job. That team was booed off the field after the South Alabama game and should have been. And more, I think it was more about the coaches. But they figured things out. You know what? we got a pretty good running back. We should give him the football. We should stick with one quarterback. This guy's played college football for 20 years now, and he's pretty good. And Alan Bowman played great Saturday. He played great, particularly early in the game. But the Sooners shoot themselves in the foot time and time again. Three turnovers to Oklahoma State's one. Eight penalties to Oklahoma State's four. Oklahoma State had the football basically 15 minutes longer than the Sooners did. Some of that's the Oklahoma offense going fast. A fast three and out is not good. A fast three and out is not good. But also your three turnovers come on first down. Your defense plays its collective butt off, makes some stops, and you go out and snap the ball to Javante Barnes, snap the ball early, fumble the football, All these turnovers happen on first down. Dylan Gabriel throws it into double coverage. You know, DG also had the touchdown drop by Nick Anderson. A lot of things. But the bottom line is Oklahoma can't deliver the knockout blow because that game was there for them to win, just like the one in Lawrence, Kansas, right? Right there on a silver platter. Second consecutive game, Parker Thune. You give up a long drive, and you also add you give the opposing team 30 yards in penalties. Not not 10, not 15, 30 yards in penalties. One on the head coach. Should it have been called? Mm, Brinson didn't seem to think so. But, you know, it happened the previous week in Lawrence. 
that's how you lose close football games. Interesting that Mike Gundy, and I don't know if I've heard the audio version of this, but when I heard it, I'm like, wait a minute, did Gundy just say what, what I think he said? Here's Mike Gundy talking about this day and age in college football and uh, theorizing about how a lot of teams win games. Here it is. Teams are beating themselves. The other team's not beating them. And today, we had a chance. Like, I don't know, they had at least three turnovers, right? Yeah. 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 Two on the so, crazy snap. you know, they're going to – you know, if if, if 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 I'm coaching them and I'm like looking at the game, you know, and being fair across the board, they're going to feel like they beat themselves. And, and it's, I couldn't argue that. Um, we made some mistakes also, but I'm sure they're going to feel like that they hurt themselves. And that's happened a lot in college football. There you go. Did Mike Gundy just say that? You know what? Oklahoma beat themselves. Doesn't mean the Cowboys didn't win. It's going in the win column for Oklahoma State. But, and that audio is a little bit shaky because Gundy didn't say that at the podium. He said that in like the breakout session a little bit later. But Parker Thune, it's like I said, that game is there for the taking for Oklahoma. Without without Danny Stutzman and Kip Lewis playing like Rod Schultz. This, Steely, is a statewide tragedy. Flags should be flown at half-mast today. Because we should be coming on these airwaves celebrating the end of the Alex Grinch era at USC and cackling at what a pitiful ramshackle operation Mule Shoe is running out in Southern California. Instead, the Pokes have eternal scoreboard on OU. Unless the there's some series. help from Kansas and Texas, right, down well, the stretch? Well, okay, yes, there is an outside shot. We get another Bedlam in Arlington. In that context, I would favor the Sooners, but... Oklahoma needs a lot of help if they're going to get to Arlington at this point. And it was one of those days on Saturday, Steely, where you'd just like to forget it happened. Because the game was there for the taking. The Sooners had every opportunity to win the football game. However, I think we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge that, especially down the stretch, the Sooners were playing against the officiating crew as well. Yeah, look, the Drake Stoops no call in the end zone was egregious, egregious. That is the definition of pass interference. The phantom PI call on Macari Vickers down the Oklahoma sideline. I don't fault Brent Venables for getting that's penalized the one that for that got, one. That's where Brent got the flag. I right don't there. fault him for getting penalized for that one either. You watch the replay. You watch it whether in real time or in slow motion. That is also an egregious misapplication of justice. From the officiating crew. Now, did those calls lose the Sooners the game? No. But if P.I. is called on Drake Stoops and that play down OU's sideline is correctly adjudicated and Macari Vickers is not flagged for pass interference, it changes the entire complexity of that final that, And that's the way. Look, I don't like to blame officials either, and I think the conspiracy theories, I, I don't think they're ready to do Oklahoma and Texas any favors. That's all. But at the same time, again, Oklahoma shouldn't have been in that situation. You should have been up 28-17, to 17, and I'm almost guaranteeing that Oklahoma State is done at that point. But you would have also had the ball first and goal at the two-yard line. Even Jeff Levy might be able to punch that in if he doesn't call a freaking sprint pass to the left and the short side of the field. Oh, gosh. I knew we were going to get there eventually. 
Can you think of a worse play to call in that situation than that? Well, yeah, I, a, a jet sweep, board. yes. A jet sweep I mean, would be worse. Basically, on that play, that's the only option, right? Make sure you get a, you get a little pick there. Drake Stoops gets open. Uh, yes, Drake Stoops could have run it a little bit. But, hey, Drake Stoops has nothing to apologize for. That no. dude left his heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears on that field, man. Drake Stoops played the game of his life he, on Saturday. And he should have been rewarded. 12 catches, On that play where he yards. got mugged in the end zone, he still caught the ball, He still too. caught the ball. He still caught the ball. But he got dragged out of bounds in the process of getting mugged. Yeah. I, I do not fault Drake Stoops for anything that happened on that last play or throughout the football game. Could he have run the route deeper? Sure. But, again, that's an abysmal play call in the first place because you have one read. You have one place to go with the ball. You're throwing the ball to Drake Stoops. Best-case scenario, right at the sticks, right? Even if he runs that route to the correct depth, there's no guarantee that he has enough room. Good tackle there point. by the kid from Oklahoma State, no doubt. Fantastic. But, but again, he's also he's a little short of the sticks. Uh, I've never liked running a lot of stuff to the short side of the field. But, yeah, what do I know? But I just looked at that and thought, seriously, that's the way this ends with that play call? Come on, man. And Brutal. And... Let us not completely absolve Brent Venables here because I, I, I am a staunch defender of the Sooners head coach. I think he is the right man for the job. I think he will win a championship in Norman someday. But to have a timeout in your pocket and not use it right there. If you like, Shades of last year, yeah, right? Well, and he said he liked the play call. If you like the play call, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Run that same play after the timeout. But give your offense time to collect themselves, kind of go through the mental preparation process of the play, take, I, I think it was a full timeout, they would have had a full 60 seconds to mull it over, line it up, draw it out, and then execute it. I don't understand, I will never understand, why the Sooners' remaining timeout was not called there. Because yep. that is the football game. Right. You convert there. Mm-hmm. Or you lose. And unfortunately for the Sooners, it was the latter that occurred. Well, and, and again, on the call on Drake Stoops in the end zone, look, sometimes you're not going to get the call. Even if it's as bad and as obvious as that was, sometimes you're not going to get the call. Particularly in an environment like that when, you know, I'm not going super deep on the conspiracy theory stuff. I've just thought, you know, I don't know that Oklahoma and Texas are going to get a lot of calls leaving the league. But sometimes you don't get the call. But the Sooners shouldn't have been in that situation. All they had to do was put the game away with one score. They couldn't do it. So very disappointing, obviously, for Oklahoma fans. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. Jeff Levy is getting uh, – Obliterated right now on the text oh, line. Oh, it's gonna be and it's gonna be quite a day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Dylan Gabriel, yes, he threw in a double coverage. He also maybe his best long ball of the year that was dropped by Nick Anderson, who's been great all year, was right there, man. It was right there. But the Cowboys win, and uh, you know, nice job by the Cowboys finding a way to win. They did. They did. 
All right, break time. We're coming back. We'll get as many texts in as we can. We do have Jesse Crittenden at 135 today. It's going to be a very interesting day on the text line. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Thanks to Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour. Got some Sooner basketball tickets to give away. We'll tell you about that when we get back right here on The Ref. Oh, it's going to be a fun day. Welcome back. Thank you again to Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405 405- Five seven nine thirty one thirteen. They'll do great work for you. Going to be uh, going to be like uh, approaching eighty today, I believe. Right, close to it. Um, I'm ready to go back to like fifties or so. That's where I like it. Okay, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Chevrolet text line. By the way, at the end of this segment, get ready to call in. Don't call in now. It's not going to help you if you do. It's not going to work. I'm just telling you. But I will give you the number to call on. Most of you guys know the listener line. But we got a pair, uh, one pair of tickets for the Oklahoma game against Central Michigan tonight. The opener for uh, Porter Moser and Company. This is the real deal. First game of the year. I uh, want to thank Affordable Door for uh, providing these tickets for us. We've got one pair to the matchup tonight. I'll give you a numbered caller. If you're that caller, all you have to do is give Parker your name and your cell number. You get the tickets. Thank you, Affordable Door, for providing these tickets to give away today uh, to Sooner fans. All right, let's hear from Greg Stoops on uh, being disappointed but not giving up after Bedlam. Wait, hang on. When are we giving away these tickets, did you say? It will be end of the break. End of the break. Okay. Yeah. I in, While we're listening to Drake Stoops, I'm going to come up with a trivia question. Okay. I'm going to make these people work for their free tickets. There you go. I was trying to keep you from only having to answer like three calls, but if you want to do that, that's fine. All right. Here's Drake Stoops. Here we go. It's tough just to see the guy so, you know, just so down. I mean, everyone wants to win more than anything. That's what we work so hard for, and myself included. This is my last one, and so that's it's tough, but, you know, I got to be a leader and put my feelings aside and, and be a voice of reason and let everyone know this isn't the end of the world and we've got more more ahead of us we've got three more regular season games to try and finish 10 and 2 and at the end of the day that's the goal and so you know just trying to let everyone keep perspective what, what is the key to that you've been around success and adversity so can you kind of take us through what's the key to making sure everyone stays focused uh yeah just having a day-to-day approach and sticking to the process sticking to the standard that we set for ourselves and and really just c- c- coming to, to work each day and then putting your head down and fixing the things we need to fix that are all over the film. And, and if we do that and start complimenting each other on offense and defense and special teams, we'll look like a new team. And at the end of the day, we just need to do that. There you go. All right, Drake Stoops with uh, Chris Plank after the game. The Sooners uh, lose Bedlam. And, uh, again, they had their chances. Couldn't get it done. 27-24, to 24, Cowboys win. All right, 405. Now I've got people sending me Instagram uh Reels. Are you on Instagram, Steely? I I am, but not really. Sort of. Not, <laughs> Everybody not go really. follow Steely Mitch, on Instagram. You can't find me. I'm like, really? You gonna send me that right now? Come on, dude. Jeez. <laughs> it's not like I'm working or anything. Gee, many Christmas. These people. I'm telling you, they're problematic sometimes. Do we want to get to some texts? Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> oh boy, this will be entertaining. Big John from Texas says, Steel man with Grinch out and probably hard-pressed finding a job at the D1 level. Do you think we should offer him a tell-all book deal to expose everything? Yes, absolutely. Or, well, you can't go on Oprah anymore. Where can he go? Jerry Springer is no longer available. I mean, literally. Uh, Oprah, where do you go to tell the dirty laundry these days? Steel man and Thune at noon. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, we'll bring him on. 
You know, that's too bad for Alex Grinch because you dealt with him. He's a he's a pretty nice guy. But, you know, the defense, obviously, kind of started out all right at Oklahoma, went way downhill after that. Obviously, it was a absolute catastrophe at USC, and I enjoyed every minute of it. But uh, how about Caleb Williams? Like I said, it looked like he had a middle breakdown. Like, you can't take Mulesrew and Grinch anymore, you know. Where would this Sooner team be right now if Caleb Williams had stayed? Oh, man. And Well, and and somebody on the message board yesterday was like, Gary Gibbs went 15-7 and seven his first two years at OU. Here's Brent Venables at 13-9. and nine. And I said, listen, if Brent Venables was coaching in the same era that Gary Gibbs was coaching, i.e. before the transfer portal, Brent Venables would have had the Sooners in a New Year's Six Bowl in year one because Caleb Williams. You don't have to replace Caleb Williams if not for the transfer portal. So the Venables-Gibbs comparisons are wildly off base. But, yeah, look, he's the best quarterback in the country. If you have the best quarterback in the country on your roster, you lose a lot less games. Yeah. Over the last couple yeah. years. And that's no knock on Dylan Gabriel. There's just Caleb Williams can elevate a team to a level that no other quarterback can. All you have to do is get a couple stops and you're in pretty good shape. I was even worried watching the Washington game. I'm like, man, Washington just got a field goal. That's going to cost them the game. Because it seemed like every series was just touchdown, 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 trading touchdowns. But they did get – was it a Caleb fumble that was on the next possession? I, I think they got him, didn't they? Or they sacked him on a big play. But um, so SC's got to go to Oregon. Yeah, that ain't happening. Here's the thing. Everybody wants to see OU and USC in the Alamo Bowl. I get that. USC might not be good enough to get to the Alamo Bowl because it's the third place Pac-12 team. I'm, I'm um, rather certain, right? Yeah. So think- is, is USC going to be third place in the Pac-12? I, I have my doubts. Slim Brady says, maybe we go get Tackett Curtis and Brian Odom. Yes, I am on board with it. If and when. Ted Roof and the three-man front cash in their chips, and Ted retires. Bring back Brian Odom as linebackers coach at the University of Oklahoma and tell him, hey, uh, if you want to bring Tackett Curtis with you, we'll take him. What has to happen for Levy to lose his job? Like one more loss, two more losses? I don't think Jeff Levy is in danger of losing his job. If you lose the last three games, or, heck, you lose two of the last three, then maybe that's a conversation worth having. But, again, if you are holding Jeff Lebby responsible for these last two losses, then you are looking at things very myopically. Is Jeff Lebby culpable in those losing efforts? Absolutely. I am not going to absolve Jeff Levy of blame at all. Yeah, but players got to execute the plays, yes. too, even though if there are a lot of horrible calls in crucial situations. The issues for Oklahoma go far beyond the offensive play calling right now. Alan Bowman just threw for 334 yards. No, you're right. Look, I'm not saying he should be. I don't like some of the calls that we've seen uh, the last couple of weeks. I think they've been... I don't know if the, the Kansas game, it looked like they, they were scared because of the elements in the early pick six. You know, it was – by the way, where were were there any designed quarterback runs I did at not, all? I did not see a single – however, I did also – I did not notice a jet sweep either. Yeah. So, at least there were no jet sweeps. 
KW918 says, Steely, if you bring up Caleb being a Sooner again, I'm going to unfollow you on Instagram. You don't even know where my Instagram is, K-Dub. No, it's, I'm just saying that think about how things might have been different. Now, I think we all knew. Well, the, we didn't know, but we presumed that he was headed out. And I'm not trying to dog DG. He's played well for Oklahoma. He's got his shortcomings, clearly. But um, one, I think, being the OC personally. But, um, you know, just thinking about that. That's all. Uh, by the way, Parker, the Sooners, you know, they better be ready for West Virginia. I don't think this is a great – it's certainly not Pat White and Noel Devine and Owen Schmidt and all those guys that uh, – Steve Slayton, it's not that team. They're not that good. But they're winning football games. They're one Hail Mary away from being a one-loss team in the uh, in the Big 12, right? That won at Houston. Um, and again, should Oklahoma win the football game? 100%. But we're going to find out what this Oklahoma team's made up. They're a little bit beat up right now. They've got a West Virginia team coming to Norman. They've, you know, they've had their way with West Virginia, except for last year in Morgantown when they didn't have their way with many teams. But um, it's, they better be locked in on this matchup. What is going to happen to Jason Llewellyn now? You talk about a bad look. Ugh. Oh. Ugh, that will, mm. Okay, explain mm. what happened. So for those that missed it, uh, Jason Llewellyn, the sophomore tight end from Alito, Texas, has not been a part of the OU travel squad last two games and uh, is evidently frustrated. And he took to Twitter these last couple weekends during the game to air out some of his frustrations via likes and retweets and quote tweets. And there was one particular tweet that made the rounds very quickly amongst Sooner Nation when he put it out, but it was towards the end of the Bedlam game. And Barstool Sooners tweeted, if this isn't word for word, the exact tweet is pretty close, but basically tweeted, it's pretty embarrassing that OU doesn't have a better option at tight end than Austin Stogner. And Jason Llewellyn quote tweeted it and said, Hmm. Which that look, he's I, a kid, but you just yeah, you can't. He's do twenty. That. I've known Jason a long time. He is a high character individual in general. I would not have expected that from him. It was very quickly deleted. It was a stupid decision, and I think he would acknowledge that as much as anybody. But terrible look for the program and you got to understand that when you put mm. something like that out regardless of how long it's up people are going to screenshot it the internet doesn't forget the damage is done and it is going to sow seeds of discord within the program because what what happens when austin stogner sees that heck that's a guy in your own position group yeah how do that you, you're hey, practicing alongside hey man what's up Every, you know? yeah exactly you can't have that you cannot have that. And it's just another drop in the bucket right now of all the issues that plague OU football. And it's wild that, like, we're, we're sitting here less than a month removed from the victory over Texas, Steely. It has been less than a month. And who would have imagined that we'd be sitting here having a conversation of this tone and tenor right now? Yeah, crazy. All right, we're going to take a quick break. 405-651-3439, the Drake Stoops clip, our Ortho Central clip of the day. You guys know all about Ortho Central. They do a great job. 
They do the very best at treat, treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. You've got the uh, longtime locations in Norman and Midwest City. Now in the Tri-City area, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard as well. Back to your text. We're trying to keep up. Stay with us right here on The Ref. We are back. It is a, a big weekend coming up at Riverwind Casino. It's going to be super busy. We have the uh, Aaron Lewis Show at the uh, Showplace Theater coming up on Thursday night. Then you have Flatland Cavalry on the Showplace Theater stage coming up on Friday night. You have the uh, Veterans and Victories promotion, which is happening on Saturday. If you're a veteran, bring your military or veteran ID to the uh, South Promotions booth or the uh, South Player Services desk from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. to be registered for a big drawing. First 200 patrons to register will uh, receive... $25 in bonus play and 50 entries. First 200 patrons for a big promotion. You will also get a veteran's hat from Riverwind Casino happening this Saturday. We also have more shows in December coming to the Showplace Theater. Pete Davidson, December 3rd. Lee Bryce, December 15th. Ron White, December 30th. in Midland on New Year's Eve. And don't forget to participate in the uh, final championship countdown as well. That promotion ends Thursday. Play on designated gaming machines. Rack up as many points as you can, and you could win a trip to the Big 12 Championship in Arlington with your airfare, hotel, ground transportation, and $500 in cash. Top five point performers that are patrons are going to win. Not just one, not two, not three, not four. Five patrons will win one of those trips to Arlington. Okay, um... 405 You know what we forgot to do? I forgot to do the tickets giveaway. Oh, you sure did. I, we, you want to ask the trivia question, like, going oh. into the break? Oh, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll ask it coming into or going into this next Remind break. me, I'm old and I forget things very, very easily. But we have a pair of tickets courtesy of our friends at Affordable Door to tonight's Sooner Basketball season opener against Central Michigan. And uh, Parker will ask a trivia question. First one who can call in during the commercial break and answer that question. All we're going to need is your name and your cell number, and we'll, we will get you those tickets to the Sooner Opener tonight. All right? Okay, 405-651-3439. Let's get to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Oh, boy. This is... <laughs> They're going crazy. Oh, man. Another listener says, I heard that Devon Sears did the same thing as Llewellyn, but I haven't seen anything. I haven't, I haven't, have you guys seen anything? Yeah, Devon Sears did tweet something that wasn't directed at any one particular player, uh, but more just kind of expressing his frustration about not being on the travel squad while the Sooners yeah, lose. That's, so, again, not. You can understand that. You can understand that. I mean, it's, is it the best look? No, but. Uh, you know what? This day and age of college football, guess what? There are going to be some transfers. I would. What would you put the number of transfers out of OU? The eight and a half, something like that. That's what happens, man. You're not playing. They're moving on. Might happen in the running back room, too. Vinny Paul has it out for me. Uh-oh. I'm not really sure why. He says, of course Parker thinks allowing Bowman to throw is a bigger issue than the offense. Oh, I listen to Teddy. Obviously not. Vinny Paul. Don't put words in my mouth. I never said that Alan Bowman throwing for 334 yards was a bigger issue than the offense. All I said was, if you think the only issue is the offense, and you think Jeff Lebby 
is solely responsible for these last two losses, then we're not watching the same football team. Yeah, and, and my thought on Levy is I'm just not a fan of that offense. I thought I was more of a fan, but to me, I, maybe it's because of the personnel. I, maybe you dictate more plays. Clearly, you have to because of your personnel. But I don't – you know, all these throws out in the flats, uh, you know, seem to be near the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, I'm just not a fan of them. But the other thing is – and look, the Sooners have good players. They have a better roster than Oklahoma State. But they couldn't close the deal on Saturday. But they don't have any real – I don't see Billy Sims out there. I don't see Joe Washington out there. I don't see Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray or C.D. Lamb or Jermaine Gresham or Keith Jackson or Rod Schultz or Ricky Dixon or, you know, any of the, uh, the great players. They've got good players. They've got a lot of good players. But I don't see those super big-time difference makers. And maybe that's David Hicks. Maybe it's Devon Mitchell. Maybe it's Taylor Tatum. Maybe it's Jackson Arnold, you know, in the future. But um, I don't know. It's just uh, if you're a Sooner fan, you've clearly got to be frustrated. A listener in the 405 says, plenty of issues with the OU team right now, but Zach Schmidt is tied for 92nd in the NCAA in field goal percentage. OU sure could have used three more points on Saturday, just saying. Yeah, four straight games with a missed field goal for Zach Mm -hmm. Schmidt. And I get a 51-yarder is not the easiest kick known to mankind, but that's what they brought you in to do is make field goals. And if you look at Zach Schmidt's percentage from beyond 40 yards this year, offhand, I want to say he's like one for five. So I like my if, greens and regulation on a golf course. Yeah, again, if if you're shaky from inside 40 yards and the odds are overwhelming that you will miss on anything beyond 40 yards, like there has to be a better option. There's got to be a better option. I refuse to believe there isn't. And at this point... Go get that dude who kicked for the uh, Texans yesterday. Yeah, for running back. Dare Ogunbowale. You got a third-string running back kicking a field goal in the fourth quarter of a tie game in the NFL, and you're telling me there's nobody on the roster at the University of Oklahoma that can hit a field goal from beyond 40 yards? Yeah, I know. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. A listener in the 405 says OU is tied for 53rd in red zone offense. Yeah, it's not going to cut it. Not going to cut it. I mean, you got to make those opportunities count. Another bad analogy by me. They hit some really good shots to get to the green, then they miss the uh, the easy putt every time, it seems like, except in the Cotton Bowl. They nailed one. Crimson Ranger says defense gives up a 97-yard drive in crunch time. Levy and DG aren't the only culprits. No, No, you're right. Look, uh, I'm saying if I had one that bothered me the most, it's Levy's play calling on some of these short yardage situations. And, yeah, the players have to execute, but I just didn't like that. Look, I I don't know as much as Gabe or Teddy or any of these guys who played and don't pretend to, but just watching it with my eyes, it looked really bad to run to the short side of the field on a sprint pass, and basically you have one op- – that's your option. Unless, I guess, DG – was going to keep it or whatever, but I just didn't like the play call personally. Another four or five listener. I'd like to know where all the tight ends are. Levy is not using them as receivers, which is odd for OU. Now, I think I've mentioned this before. If I haven't, I was having a conversation about a week and a half ago. It was, well, I guess it was right after the Kansas loss where 
And, and this was a conversation I had with a pretty good OU football source that told me, look, the reason you don't see the tight ends too terribly involved is because Dylan Gabriel, because of his height, is limited in how much he can see across the middle of the field. Which, when you think about how often OU throws to the perimeter, to the boundaries, as opposed to over the middle of the field, that makes sense. Mm, yeah, That makes sense. And uh, I... I will own this. I thought Austin Stogner was going to have a really good year. I thought he was going to have just as good of a year, if not a better year, than Braden Willis had last year. He just has not been a threat. He's been a non-factor in the passing game. And it makes me wonder, at what point do you look at reallocating his snaps elsewhere? Because no defense is going to take him seriously from here on out as an actual threat to run a route, catch a pass, and make something happen. If you see Austin Stogner on the field... You're either thinking, okay, well, he's out there to run block, or if they do drop back to pass, that's one less pass catcher we got to worry about burning. Us. Right. Well, Devon Mitchell coming aboard. We'll be yeah, here soon, need right? They Here's the deal, by the way. On the uh, the defense, in my opinion, while not great, they were good enough to win that football game. And you can talk about the 97 yard drive, and yeah, that's not good. Also, 30 yards of penalties on that drive, just like what happened in Lawrence, Kansas. But. Again, when you give your offense that many opportunities to put the game away, because I truly believe it would have been 28-17 ball game. I do. I truly believe that. But they couldn't do it. All right. By the way, when we get back, I want to talk about people. Go ahead and put Jackson Arnold in there now. They still have a shot in the Big 12. You need a Texas loss, a Kansas loss, right? Obviously. And uh, then we'll see if the Sooners win out. The first thing you got to worry about is West Virginia coming in this weekend trying to win out. But we'll talk about, you know, the Sooners, they're not out of it. I mean, they still, they need some help, clearly. But I, for that reason, I think playing Jackson Arnold right now, eh, not a fan of that. And I love Jackson Arnold. I think he's going to be a superstar. But let's talk about that when we get back as well. 405-651-3439. Got to change the evil play calls is what they got to change. Santana, right? Santana's so good. We'll be right back. You know what the old man forgot again? Our uh, tickets giveaway. All right, for a pair of tickets to the Sooners opener tonight, 7 o'clock, on ESPN Plus against Central Michigan, Parker Thune has a trivia question. All right, if you know the answer. Hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Oh, okay, text line. I'm figuring the text line will be easier because that way I don't have to take down information. Yeah, I get it. I see their number on the screen. Okay. And so that way we can just transfer them the tickets straight away without any additional hassle. So, it's kind of lost in all of what went down Saturday, which was generally miserable. But uh, Dylan Gabriel had a punt in which he pinned Oklahoma State inside mm-hmm. the five-yard yep. line. Of course, what ensued was a 97-yard touchdown drive, but that's neither here nor there. The question is, Dylan Gabriel is the first Oklahoma quarterback to record a punt since whom? Hmm. First Oklahoma quarterback to record a punt since what former Sooner quarterback? Now, I, I will give you a hint to narrow things down. The last quarterback to punt the football for Oklahoma, it, it, it was in the 21st century. 
So you don't have to go back too far to find your answer. Okay. We do not have a correct answer yet. We will keep an eye on it. And whoever comes up with the correct answer first. Man, still nobody. A lot of texts. None of them are correct. Oh, you lose said Tinker Owens. <laughs> Tinker <laughs> Owens did punt back in the day, but he never played quarterback. There you go. Sooner bump. Nate Hibble in 2002. Nate Hibble. How about that? Congratulations, Sooner bump. You will be headed to the OU versus Central Michigan game. All right. Sooner bump. Did we get uh, Sooner bump? Do we we need to get his name too though, like real name. Do we? Well, Brian told me uh get get the name and cell number. But I, I think as long as we have his cell number, we should be fine. We should be fine. All right. Sooner bump, I'm taking down your information. Yeah. If you have a real name that isn't Sooner Bump, just let us know, just in case, via the text line, and we'll make sure we get those tickets transferred to you. Look at that. <laughs> yes, baby. Basketball time in Oklahoma. There's his real name, too. All right, so, uh, again, the Sooners play Central Michigan tonight at the uh, LNC at 7 o'clock. The OU women are playing right now. I need to get on ESPN and see what the score is. They're playing Wichita State right now. That's an ESPN Plus game. So, uh, let me see if I can find the uh, update on that. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Um, Let's get back, see what you guys have to say. People are a little bit frustrated right now. People are a little They're bit They're a frustrated. lot of bit frustrated. They're actually. taking out their frustration anyway, anyhow. One listener said, tickets are like two bucks. Great giveaway, guys. Listen, we're doing something nice, okay? Who does Please that? Please don't diminish our kindness. Jeez. I shouldn't say our kindness. The vineyard's kindness. Well, I mean, like I said, you can't. Don't be that guy. I, who knows where the seats are? I don't know where the seats are, but uh, and thanks to Affordable Door. That's like the dude who gets a Christmas present and goes like, really? Okay. Be nice, people. Be nice. Don't be that guy. I'm sure that guy's probably a really cool dude, but you don't have to be that guy. I'm there's, just saying. There's a trend going around on social media where – uh, women will post TikTok videos about places they're going for a first date. Yeah. They're like, why on earth would you take me to the Cheesecake Factory? <laughs> and then everybody is in the comments like, what's wrong with the Cheesecake Factory? I'm telling you, the society that we live in right now, we are kindling the fire of society going straight to hell. Pretty much. Cody Allen says, I just want to see old-fashioned chin-strap inspecting smash-mouth football. Sooner Studi, we just asked the trivia question. We just got it. Yeah, that's an old text. He sent that text during the break. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. I thought he was coming after me. Uh, Mark from Enid says, Jackson Arnold in cleanup time doesn't let him pass or play other than hand the ball off. I just like to see him have some plays he comes in for. Not for benching Gabriel. Yeah. We have good players play them. Other freshmen are playing. Arnold can play, so play him some. How much more can he play? Well, they said they weren't going to redshirt the kid anyway at the start of the year, right? So, uh, Trey had come directly at me on Twitter and basically said they won't play Arnold much because that will show people what a mistake they made all year (laughs) by not playing him. Well, I mean, look. That's a Trey tweet. That's a Trey tweet uh, right that there, That is though. a Trey tweet. Trey just, he's all about the interaction. 
A listener in the 918 says, I've never heard of a head coach getting personal fouls in back-to-back weeks in close games that led to game-winning touchdowns. I was another coach the previous week, though, right? You can't expect players to keep their composure when the head coach can't keep his. But, yes, Brent Venables did not commit Mm. the unsportsmanlike conduct against Kansas. Brent admitted it. Brent said, you know, basically I went out there to ask him a question, and boom, that was it. A 405 listener says, hey, Mike. Given the right NIL deal, my 60-year-old derriere will kick a few field goals. I still have the leg. Maybe they need to uh, – my uncle has – he said he drop-kicked one from 75 yards one time, so maybe he could come try out. 75 yards? 75-yard like Russell Erksleben yeah, type leg. <laughs> Russell Erksleben. That's a good pull for you. There How about you that? The yeah. old days of the Southwest Conference. It was uh, Tony Franklin at A&M. Was it Steve Lee at Arkansas? I'm trying to remember the kid from Arkansas, but they had some great kickers. This 405 listener says, I don't agree with Steely often, but don't be a derriere about free stuff. And look, I understand he probably went on StubHub or whatever. I get it, but I'm just saying, yeah. When you get something free, like one time on my stream, I had this guy won 1,000 V-Bucks, virtual bucks. It's worth 10 bucks, and he complained about it and said he didn't want them. And I'm like, that's a form of douchebaggery right there. You just won something free and said it wasn't good enough for you. Steve Little, that's exactly right, 580. Thank you, Steve Little. It was the uh, Arkansas kicker. All right, we've got to, ladies and gentlemen, get out of here for hour number one. we got a lot more coming up in hour number two, a ton of text. I know you're frustrated because this text line is moving and moving and moving at the speed of light. But if you keep sending your text, we're going to try and get to it, I promise you. Uh, we do have Jesse Crittenden coming up to talk Bedlam and a look ahead to West Virginia. Again, man. You should be able to win these last three, but you better be locked in. West Virginia is coming here four and two with some confidence. They just hammered BYU. They're a Hail Mary at Houston away from being tied for the Big 12 lead right now. Get locked in now. Please. All right. Got another hour to go. Keep it here in the home of Sooner fans. We're going to get to as many texts as we can this hour. We also have Jesse Crittenden coming up at 135, Riverwind Casino Hotline, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I want to thank Oklahoma Generator for sponsoring hour number two. They're family-owned and operated, pride themselves on their incredible customer service. They are the highest-rated and longest-operating Generac dealer in Oklahoma, currently offering new customer, uh, new customer discounts and a free 10-year warranty. With new installations at Oklahoma Generator, check them out at okgen.com or call 405-321-6631. Sooner women trailing Wichita State at halftime, 38-34. Sooner men open up their season tonight, 7 p.m. ESPN Plus at the LNC against Central Michigan. And the uh, Thunder plays Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks tonight at the Paycom Center after getting hosed on the uh, non-Draymond offensive goaltending call against Golden State last Friday. Dedication to Trey Young. Uh, Was it a boulevard that Trey Young got or a street yesterday? He got his own roadway. We'll just say that. But Trey Young 
He's got the, uh, you know, the Rick Center that they're building over there, which is pretty awesome. So Trey Young and the Hawks at Oklahoma City tonight at 7 o'clock. Chargers and the Jets on Monday Night Football. 405-651-3439. Let's go. There are so many texts. I'm kind of overwhelmed by how many texts there are. I'm like, shoot, which ones do I want to prioritize? Which ones do I want to read? Scary Gary says, I understand I have high expectations, but it's crazy. I feel just as bad about our two losses this year as I did all of last season, maybe because of the teams we lost to. And I I get that, Scary Gary. I think a lot of it is because once Dylan Gabriel got hurt last year, that's the moment that it kind of hit Sooner fans that, oh, we, we're not going to go to the college football playoff. We're not going to have a chance of going to the college football playoff because – that day, Oklahoma was already getting throttled by TCU when Gabriel left the game. And the Sooners had some stuff clicking offensively. They might have find, found a way to claw back into it. But I think that was the day, regardless, where Sooner fans realized, okay, we're not going to be very good in 2022. Mule Shoe left the cupboard much more bare than we realized. And we're just going to have to kind of be content with what we get in 2022. But this year, especially after you beat Texas – Everybody figured, okay, here we go. Championship contention again, mm-hmm. yep. baby. Yep. CFP birth is right there for the taking. Let's go do it. And, and then it comes crashing down to earth. They've squandered everything since. Played uh, not very well against Central Florida. Obviously, they got beat at KU, and then they get beat uh, at Oklahoma State. By Trey Young, drive it away. Thank you. Bobby from BA seems very upset because I haven't gotten his – let's see what he has to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, he hates Doug Gottlieb. Why in the world is Doug Gottlieb the analyst tonight for OU's game? I guess it's an ESPN Plus decision. I, I actually like Doug, but I understand the anger directed at Oklahoma State fans right now, uh, or ex-Oklahoma State people. So maybe that's not the most popular choice, but I think I like Doug personally. Um, by the way, once again, here's how you – hello, you could have won the game again. As poorly as you played in Lawrence, you could have won and should have won the game. Poorly as you played. The defense was better. The offense was more aggressive. But here's how you lose the game. Three turnovers to one. You get eight penalties. Oklahoma State gets four penalties. You have an average per play of seven and a half yards per play every time you snap it. Oklahoma State had an average of 5.8 per play. But Oklahoma State ran... 81 plays, Oklahoma ran 64 and possessed the football nearly 15 minutes more than the Sooners did. How does that happen? Well, the Sooners run their offense very fast. It's not like Oklahoma State, you know, is three yards in a cloud of dust. But also, when you turn the ball over three times and those three turnovers all happen on first down, that's also how that happens. That the Cowboys run 17 more plays than the Sooners do. And they win the game. All three of the turnovers were really dumb, too. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Really dumb. I mean, it's not often you see a dumb throw from Dylan Gabriel, but that shot he took downfield to Brendan Thompson, that was a dumb throw. That was a throw that had a 0% chance of being caught by Brendan Thompson unless, I mean, you got to throw it 55 yards downfield on a peg at that point because he had half a step on the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to put it right there. Yeah. You and he put did it put it right, right there to there. Nick Anderson, right? He did. That, that's a boundary throw, but that was his. That was a big league throw right there. And Nick Anderson's been tremendous all year long, but 
Not on that one. Scott T has good perspective. He says, I try to remind myself if you told me we could finish 10 and 2 and beat Texas back in August, I would take it all day, every day. Yeah. What did we say before the year? I picked 10 and 2. Didn't you pick 10 and 2? I did. But this 10 and 2, if they went out, feels a lot different than the 10 and 2 we were projecting before the season because most everybody thought, even, even though you may not admit it, well, one of the loss, probably you could lose to Texas and then, you know, one other one between, you know, KU or BYU or wherever. Um, but at the same time, based on where they were and all the excitement after the Cotton Bowl, this 10-2 and two feels a little more sour, right? So we'll see. We'll see what, what happens. By the way, somebody asking, how does Oklahoma – Get to the Big 12 to play OSU. Well, Kansas needs to lose and Texas needs to lose, right? Then you get K-State. Is that all it takes? I think K-State's in there as well. I don't know how the tiebreaker would work. But Texas has to go to TCU, to Iowa States, and they play Tech at home. KU plays Tech at home. Uh, They play K-State at home, and then they go to Cincinnati. So, It's a really complex sequence of events that would put Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship at this point. They're going to need a lot of help. EJ from Louisiana asks, how are we feeling about competitive depth versus how we felt earlier in the year? I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this, Steely. I kind of feel like the Sooners are playing too many guys. Maybe. I'll tell you about competitive depth, though. Kip Lewis and Kobe McKenzie. <laughs> Man, Lewis was good. On let's Saturday. keep in mind the Sooners only didn't play a Butkus Award, potentially Butkus Award, at least a candidate, obviously, and their best defensive player and their ringleader. They didn't have in a game. Tawi Walker's been to their Did it feel like Tawi Walker was running like a four eight into that with that <laughs> touchdown? Because he was he's clearly, not very fast. Clearly not hot. He's not a hundred percent anyway, but. That was blocked up so well. And Gavin Sawchuck had a nice day, too. But, yeah, it's uh, – bam, but Kip Lewis, that dude. And Kobe McKenzie played well, man, really well. To go back to my original point, though, it does feel like the Sooners are almost trying to force guys onto the field. And it's weird because if you're going to force guys onto the field, you would like those guys to be the likes of – Jaden Gibson, for mm-hmm. instance, who played one snap on Saturday. But instead, you're seeing J.J. Hester on the field before you see either Jaden Gibson or Brandon Thompson. Dalen Smothers, and look, I like Dalen Smothers. I yep. think he's got a bright future. What is he doing playing meaningful snaps for the first time all year when you have both Sawchuck and Walker who are cooking on Saturday? I don't know. Do you feel like they played Walker a certain amount because maybe they felt like he only had so much in the tank? Well, he didn't see a carry until the third quarter, which was baffling to me because Mm -hmm. if he's good enough to go, why wait that long? But didn't he kind of disappear after that, too, for a while, for a little bit? He didn't have much more than – Yeah. I I, I couldn't tell you what his exact carry total was, but he did not see a ton of snaps. He did not see a ton of carries. Robert Spears Jennings, somebody pointed out on the text line, also played well. Man, they – you know, they did enough. They slowed Ollie Gordon down enough. You know, they did. Ollie Gordon had, what, 137 yards, but it took him 33 carries average, just over four yards a carry. Um, but, again, the, the tackling, for the most part, on him was really good. Really good. 
Sooner Shane in Springfield says, if Stutz is out, start Kip and Kobe. Go eat. Canick is lost. Man, I, it's unfortunate, but I agree. Jaron Canick, oof. He has had a rough go of it the last three weeks. He has not looked like the same player. Yeah, he eats. He's kind of got that where am I supposed to be doing what kind of deal going on, it looks like. Kid's a great athlete, there's no doubt. Just read my text, says Russ in Atlanta. We're trying, Russ. We're trying. Big Rich in OKC says, I have to tell you, I watched a high school guy Friday night in 6A that has a much better arm than Dylan. I like Dylan, but his arm is just okay. He doesn't have the big arm. No, he doesn't. And, um, you know, last year was all about, you know, a lot of the overthrows on the deep balls, right? This year it's been – it seems like it's more of he needs – maybe his release is not timed well too on some of those. Maybe he thinks a little bit too much. Uh, But, again, the the throw to Nick Anderson was right on the money. A lot of the other throws he's been able to make, but – We'll see. A 405 listener says, I'll give kicking a try if I can warm up by kicking Brett Yormark in the nads. <laughs> Scary Gary says, if this is what it takes to get the run game going, though, losing to Kansas and Oklahoma State, I don't I don't want to throw it 80 times. You know, so many things you look at in this game. If you would have said, you know what? Alan Bowman's going to have to throw it 42 times to beat you in this game. You say, okay. And uh, how do the Sooners do running the football? Oh, let's see. Oklahoma, rushing-wise, they they just outrush Oklahoma State. And, um, you know, the the total offense numbers, OU had 492, I think it was, OSU 480. Average per play, the Sooners 7.5, Oklahoma State 5.8. But, again, OSU also ran um, more plays than the Sooners. And that was a very big problem. 81 plays for OSU, 64 for Oklahoma. And a lot of that, when you turn the ball over, those numbers are going to get lopsided. Softball Steve sent us an all-caps text as he is <laughs> as he has a habit of doing from time to time. So I'm going to read it in the all-caps voice. How about getting the screw put to you when the ref makes the worst call of the game? We would have scored, but got screwed instead. That's a good excuse, right? No P.I., no flag. Oh, you don't score. We lose by what? Three? Go figure. The call should have been made on the uh, the Drake Stoops play, no doubt. But again, sometimes you're not going to get even a blatantly obvious call. I don't know if the official didn't have the guts to call that. I don't know if the official – I'm not a big believer in deep uh, theory, conspiracy theories. Um, I, I don't think it got, runs that deep, but the Sooners didn't get the call. But before that, they had opportunities to deliver what I think would have been a knockout blow. I think, again, you go up 28-17 in that football game and the defense is giving you that opportunity, you know, on a couple of occasions – you deliver that score, you're up 28-17. I think the Cowboys are done at that point. I really do. A 405 listener says, do we know the name of the field judge that was looking right <laughs> at the obvious pass interference that was perpetrated on Drake Stoops but did not throw his flag? Oh, boy, is this going to be the new Gordon Reese for Sooner fans? I'll show you fans who are calling my home. That was Gordon Reese quoted in the paper. <laughs> Yeah, you shouldn't have an 80-year-old dude up there running replay. we got to run to a break, speaking. 
3439. Gordon Reese could have used the new LASIK, ladies and gentlemen. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> As we like to call it, lens replacement. Gordon, I know you're not around anymore, but lens replacement would have provided a permanent solution to your vision needs. Unlike LASIK, which leaves patients re- needing those reading glasses or adjusting to monovision, lens replacement can eliminate the need for additional eyewear after your surgery. The best part of the deal, no cataract surgery with lens replacement. Lens replacement with the new LASIK, a major leap forward in vision correction. If you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK available at thenewlasik.com. If it only had been around for Gordon Reese, the outcome would have been different at Autzen Stadium in Eugene, Oregon as well. Stay with us. Welcome back, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet Tech Line. By the way, the OU women playing their opener against Wichita State right now, for real, real basketball regular season. Sooners have gone a, on a 20-5 to run in the third quarter. They were down at halftime. They now lead 54-43 over Wichita State. They were down 38-34 at the half. Again, a 20-5 to third quarter in favor of Oklahoma so far. So, Jenny Baranchek and company, 54-43 over Wichita State. Let's, let's get to uh, just back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. As many texts as we can. I know some people get mad at us because they – believe me, we try and keep up with the text line, but it is difficult. And that's because you guys are awesome, so thank you. Oh, we have a poke fan texting. Okay. I've got a key statistic. OSU 27, OU 24. Wonder if a graceful loser would offer any credit to the opposing team. You're an arrogant bunch. Did we not say congrats to the pokes earlier? They found a way to win? Yes, we did. I, I mean, I'll, I'll say it. Congrats mm-hmm. to the pokes. They found a way to, wi- uh, they found a way mm-hmm. to win. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we did play that soundbite, Mr. Poke fan, from your own head coach, where... He acknowledged, oh, you beat themselves. And, I, I, again, I'm not taking anything away from Oklahoma State. They played a good game. Hey, they did a great coaching a good, job by Mike very Gundy. well. Yeah. Alan Bowman, tip your cap to that kid, man. Played because fantastic. That was, that was the one – that was my big apprehension about Oklahoma State being able to hang with OU is can Alan Bowman be that dude? He was that dude and then some on Saturday. So, yes, tip the cap to Oklahoma State. It's maybe the most impressive turnaround Mike Gundy has orchestrated. In Stillwater. Cherokee Sooner says, Saturday broke me. I'm now working on my manifesto. <laughs> You've got to, uh, if you can type that manifesto on an old typewriter, then it would be even more scary. So that's like uh, Ted Kaczynski did. Manifestos are more manifesto-ish if they're typed on like an old Smith and Corona or something. From a 405 listener, you can nitpick everything until you're blue in the face. Bottom line is, you're minus three in turnover margin over the last three games when they were one of the best in the country the first seven games. It's pretty simple. Stop giving the other team extra chances, and you will probably win. Yes. I can't dispute 100%. That. Yes. Turnover battle usually, um, most times, decides a football game. And it was 3-1 in favor of, uh, well, you don't want to say in favor of Oklahoma. Oklahoma turned it over three times, Oklahoma State once. And these were all, I mean, just first down, snap goes to Javante Barnes. Not supposed to go to Javante Barnes. So Javante Barnes, got to get into the quarterback, man. And then, no, doesn't work out. Then you get, uh, I don't know, 
Vareem snapped it too early. Clearly, DG wasn't ready for it. And then you get Dylan Gabriel throwing into double coverage over the middle. So, again, yeah, three turnovers, not good. Rust Atlanta says five carries for Tawi. Now, I to be honest, I have less of an issue with that because obviously Tawi Walker wasn't at 100%, right? Obviously, he was not. I have less of an issue with that and more of an issue with the fact that on the very first drive of the game, Gavin Sawchuk goes 64 yards to the house at the half, has nine carries for 96 yards. You know what he had in the second half, Steely? Mm. Four carries for 15 mm. yards. Okay. Again, when you find something that works, why do you go away from it? And this has been my biggest critique of Jeff Levy in this offense and this team as a whole. I, I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm just coming at Jeff Levy nonstop because I don't want to hold him responsible for all of what has gone wrong because he's not responsible for all of what has gone wrong. But my biggest beef with Levy, everybody wants to take him to task for situational football, and obviously situational football has to improve. There is no doubt whatsoever about that. But I think a more endemic tendency that we have seen from Lebby is when they get in a rhythm with something, they don't stick with it. Yeah, it almost seems like, man, I've got to call a really good play, cool play here that we haven't called in a while, you know, or whatever. It's like when you were playing um, football with your buddies or whatever, you always wanted to run some crazy trick play, right? Let's of course, of course. Reverse, you want to get creative. And then once we run the triple reverse and we pass it to that dude, then he laterals to another dude who runs this way and laterals it to another dude. No, just – I don't know. I I just – I don't like the offense that much. Um, I just don't. I, I don't – every time I see one of those passes to the flat, I'm like, by the way, okay, here we did go. you see the jet sweep flea flicker that Mule Shoe ran over the weekend? Yes, it actually worked. <laughs> yeah, it was actually awesome. Like I, I, Obviously, I don't like saying that. Words kind of taste like vinegar coming out of my mouth. But if nothing else, man, Mule Shoe can dial up some pretty ridiculous plays. Steely, this is a personal one. Time for Lebby to go. He has been a disappointment, and clearly they are not clicking. Plus, did not like the way he handled the father-in-law situation. He was an arrogant jerk about it until they made him apologize. Let's not forget, he was Connor Stallions on the OU sidelines back in his Baylor days. Dude cannot be trusted. Whoa. Did he just draw a Connor Stallions comp? Mm Mm-hmm. He did get... uh, I remember, I can still remember Art Bryles apologizing for, I called Coach Stoops, told him I'm sorry, you know, or whatever. That is a guy that's not a big Jeff Levy fan right there. Did you think he was arrogant and smug about uh, that situation until they made him apologize? I, look, I, that's according to somebody who. No, he wasn't arrogant me. and smug. He was kind of, uh, he was kind of combative about it. Because that is his father-in-law, mm-hmm. right? So you would kind of expect that from Jeff Levy. And, again, I'm not going to sit here and defend any of what Art Bryles oversaw or was responsible for or was involved with at Baylor. That is not the intention. But I'm just saying, if you're in Jeff Levy's shoes and that is your father-in-law, 
and your relationship with him goes far beyond the relationship that the average college football fan has with Art Browse, where they just see him on the field. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Text oh line just gosh. got. Oh. Yeah, he was Jeez. smug and, man, they are, they are coming after him. By the way, uh, as we go to a break, let's do Sugar Shane in Newcastle, though. All right? Oh, Levy is fine. We are fine. We are going to get better. Go football. There you go. Sugar Shane right there. Yeah, you need a little positivity. Yes, he was smug, and he is a stick. Jay from Medill says, guarantee I could beat DeMarco and Jeff Levy at Tecmo Bowl. They could even have Bo Jackson. Ah, truth- coming, coming after DeMarco now? Come on. <laughs> he says, truth is, if Bo broke one run, they would never go back to him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bo broke every run, so he'd just never get the ball. This listener says, it's a Mickey Mouse effing offense. Hmm. I, I, I'm so torn with this offense right now, man, because, like, they had 492 yards of offense yeah, they did. on Saturday. Like, they didn't struggle to move the ball. They committed stupid turnovers, which are, those are not on – that's not on the coaching staff. That's on the players. That came down to execution. That was on the players. The three to- turnovers, that's not on the staff. But – I. And I, I don't necessarily claim to have an answer to this question. I just think it's the natural question you have to ask. How long can you get by with prolific offense that gets real rickety top-down when it comes to situational football? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you're right. All right, real quick, right before we go to a break, we got Jesse Critton coming up. The you throw out Arkansas State and Tulsa. All right, the numbers clearly don't look as good. How many good teams has Oklahoma beaten this year? SMU, SMU is good, pretty good. Iowa State, Iowa State is good. Uh, Texas, Texas is good. So they're three and two against good competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in those losses, you score a combined total of fifty-seven. So. You're averaging 28.5 points per game. Hmm. So against good competition, the Sooners put 28 on SMU. They put 50 on Iowa State and then 34 on Texas. That's where you think, because Iowa State, remember, had the early success, and then the Sooners just had one of their best offenses. Dylan Gabriel threw for like 370 yards in that game. They looked great, but – as the competition's gotten better, the margin for error is a lot smaller, and they failed in that department in the last two weeks. All right, break time right here, 405-651-3439. We'll get back to more texts. We also have Jesse Crittenden coming up, Riverwind Casino Hotline, OU Insider, talking Bedlam and looking ahead to West Virginia next year on The Ref. All right, the OU women up 69-49 at the end of three quarters against Wichita State in their opener on ESPN+. Plus. They trailed by four at halftime. They dominated the third quarter, 35-11. to Ladies and gentlemen, here he is on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, the one, the only, Jesse Crittenton, OU Insider. All right, Jesse, uh, Jeff Lebby is being body slammed on the text line today. Um, no surprise because the uh, – the OC gets uh, a lot of wrath when plays don't go uh, as planned, and the Sooners lose to their Bedlam rival. Uh, but what was uh, your number one uh, takeaway from Saturday and the Sooners not being able to get the job done? 
Yeah, that I think for the second straight week, there, there were opportunities for this Oklahoma team to win. And I, I think in a lot of ways, there was they played better against Oklahoma State than they did against Kansas. I thought for a lot of the game, OU's offense moved the ball pretty well. I mean, they had almost 500 yards of offense. The running game um, was efficient as it's been all season. Uh, you know, they averaged 5.5 yards per carry. And, and, you know, and defensively, I thought, you know, after a, a first, you know, after that first series that was pretty rough, I thought OU's defense mostly settled in, did a pretty decent job of, of limiting Ollie Gordon, you know, had some stops in that second half. I mean, they stopped Oklahoma State back to back times on fourth and one. Uh, you know, I, you know, I think I think the pieces were there for them to come away with the win. They had they certainly had opportunities. I think the frustrating thing for fans is again when the opportunities were there to be made late in the game, oh, you couldn't make them, particularly offensively. And I think that's uh, where the frustration is, or or probably where it should come from. I mean, you look at uh, those last couple drives offensively. I mean, think about the 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 fumble. Uh, on the first play of the drive after Oklahoma State went up 24 to 21, and and think about that very last drive, that that fourth and five where the team just seemed to be in a hurry, and and Drake Stoops, you know, caught the pass but wasn't even uh, close to the yard, to, you know, to the to the line to gain. I think that's the frustrating thing is, you know, after such a good start that in back to back weeks this team has lacked. Uh, the ability to play situational football to make plays when they need it, and and I think this team has just lacked discipline, and and it's just stuff that I don't think you could have predicted after OU started six and zero with a with a great win over Texas. Let's talk about Jeff Levy, Jesse, because you can look at this from two different perspectives, right? You can look at it from multiple angles. On the one hand, yes, Oklahoma's offense had darn near five hundred yards collectively on Saturday but they committed three turnovers which were on the players more than the staff they also didn't play well situationally yet again and you can look at it from the standpoint of well like if you don't have an offense that's moving the ball as effectively as Jeff Levy's offense maybe you aren't in those tense late game situations at all maybe the offense isn't good enough to get you there but by the same token you can sit there and say okay well all of what they did for the first 55 minutes means nothing if you can't close the deal and string a drive together in crunch time to win you a football game. So how how would you evaluate what's going on right now with Lebby in the offense? Yeah, I think the main thing for me is it's it's not that it's been all bad. It's it's not that the OU offense has been completely inept and, and unable to move the ball. Uh, I think there's just been periods where it's where it's disjointed. Whether it's the the play calls that that don't make sense, whether it's you know there's so many plays that are being run behind the line of scrimmage and, and horizontally and, instead of vertically, or or the times where personnel decisions are weird. I mean, uh, Dalen Smothers had not played since the Tulsa game, and then played five huge snaps in the second half. Or even think about you know in the first quarter after the the huge passing play. Uh, to Nick Anderson, um, that was uh, you know it was a 50 yard gain, and then OU goes in a hurry up. It's Javante Barnes in the game when again he didn't play for five weeks, and you know whether it's a bad snap by Andrew Rame or the players were confused about the play call, it was just it was a, it was a weird situation when OU had all the momentum and they were deep in Oklahoma State territory, and then yeah, you look at the fourth quarter where, you know, after that first, you know, on that last drive, after that first play to Drake Stoops, the offense just 
completely ran out of gas. The play calls were weird. And, and you know, that fourth and five, I mean, I think, you know, to have Dylan Gabriel roll out to the short side of the field, you're completely taking away uh, the large portion of the field. And, and Drake Stoops was really the only option there. And, and he's, you know, even after catching it, he's not going to get the first down. So I think there's just been – it's just been weird. It's just been disjointed. And I think the frustrating thing is that there have been positives. There have been good moments. But I think there's just been times where this offense and the offensive coordinator – uh, and even the position coaches, everyone's just out of sync. I think the offense has left a lot of meat on the bone. And ultimately, I think, it, you know, the defense wasn't perfect on Saturday, but I honestly think the defense played well enough to win the game. And if Oklahoma doesn't make a few head-scratching decisions or if there aren't a few head-scratching play calls at times when they don't need to be made, then I think Oklahoma is probably sitting at 9-0 and right now. So, I completely understand the frustration. I don't think it's been all bad, but I do think it's it's just been disappointing, particularly offensively, to have such good moments and to have such head-scratching, confusing, bad moments. Jesse Crittenden with us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right, in the, uh, in the idiocracy that we live in right now, everybody believes in a conspiracy theory. How do you explain the non-call on Drake Stoops, be, Drake Stoops being tackled in the end zone? Are you in, in belief that this is the Big 12 getting back at Oklahoma and Texas? What, how do you think that all went down and why it wasn't called? Yeah, Gunless rep or what? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. I think it's one that, that deserves to be looked at because here's the reality. There, there's no way to explain that Drake Stoops uh, play in the end zone. That was unequivocally – absolutely pass interference a really really bad missed one that one of the i mean that's one of the most clear and obvious cases of a pass interference and that's a huge that's a huge no call the reality is if, if they get that call then oklahoma sets up shop first and goal uh at around the six yard line they probably score a touchdown there instead of uh, kicking a field goal and that wasn't the only you know bad play i mean the, the Macari vickers uh, pass interference call, you know, that, that you know, Brent Venables got hopped up about that, you know, added the 15 yards on, on the unfortunate conduct. That I don't really think that was a pass interference either. The, the, the reality is those are two huge plays that had a huge impact on the game. Uh, and then you look at, you know, OU is the most penalized team in the Big 12, not only in terms of penalty, uh, penalties per game, but penalty yards. Um, so I, I, d- I definitely understand from a fan perspective being a little concerned about uh, the lack of love from officials this year. But the other side of this is Oklahoma has been an undisciplined football team this year, especially the last two weeks. They were an undisciplined football team for the for large parts of last season. And while I think it's you know I think it's understandable to be upset about those type of calls, especially the Drake Stoops one. The reality is that this this team is committing mental errors and mistakes that you simply can't make. And even outside of those bad, you know, of those, you know, those things that didn't go in OU's favor, OU still had so many opportunities to win this game. And even outside of of those calls, I mean, the, the wide receiver core committed three false starts uh, on Saturday. That's kind of, that's the kind of stuff you simply can't have. And I think if you're Oklahoma. Uh, whether it's a conspiracy or not, I think you have to accept that you're probably not going to get a lot of love from the officials, but you have to clean up the mental mistakes. You have to be more disciplined. And while those calls were, were bad, those were not the reasons why Oklahoma lost the game. Oklahoma had opportunities to win the game, 
and simply didn't. And I think you've seen the last two weeks, really the last three weeks, this team be really undisciplined. Yep. And, and again, that's disappointing after it looked like they had turned the corner from last year. Really good, really good. And then, you know, the, the story's still out on this Oklahoma team. I think they're a pretty good football team, but really good Oklahoma football teams. When you have that many opportunities up 21-17 to put the other team away, which I truly believe that the Sooners had gone up 28-17, that Oklahoma State would have been done at that point. But you didn't deliver the knockout blow. You know, you did not deliver the knockout blow, and you paid for it down the stretch. Jesse, as always, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you guys for having me on. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, the Riverwind Casino hotline. Get on out there. There's so many things happening at Riverwind right now. The uh, final championship countdown. You have until Thursday to go out to Riverwind with your wild card, play on selected gaming machines. They're called the Awesome Games Gaming Machines. And if you rack up a ton of points on your wild card, now through November 9th, they're going to be giving away to five patrons, again, a prize package of going to the Big 12 championship game. Not just the tickets, but you also get your airfare, hotel stay. You know Riverwind's going to put you in a big-time hotel. Ground transportation, $500 in cash. Winners will be announced coming up on Friday, November 10th. Play through Thursday in the final championship countdown promotion. We also have a big concert at the Showplace Theater happening on Thursday with Aaron Lewis, Flatland Cavalry on Friday night. We've got Justin Moore, November 18th, uh, also at the Showplace Theater in December, Pete Davidson, Lee Bryce, Ron White, and Midland on New Year's Eve. A lot of great shows happening there, but get out there, participate in the final championship countdown through Thursday. You could win a great trip to the Big 12 championship game. Courtesy of our friends at Riverwind Casino, simply the best. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Headed down the stretch. We're going to get locked in coming up here at 2 o'clock. We haven't had time to talk hardly any recruiting today, but uh, that's because... (laughs) Does anybody want to talk about recruiting right now? Nobody wants to talk about recruiting right now. But, by the way, the the Winery flip looks... uh, very, very difficult at this point. With Missouri, they played Georgia well, man. Well, the, the Winery I, flip sounds like it would be like the most difficult high dive dive of all time right now. Okay, he's well, going to try the Winery flip here, Bob. Oh no! I, and look, look, is it a rock solid certainty that the kid flips? Absolutely not. But I would caution you against approaching it with the perception that on-field results are the only thing that matters. Because, I mean, Good. Peyton Bowen flipped to a 6-7 and seven team last Man, year from a true. Notre Dame that's team that true. finished, what, top 10 in the nation? Mm-hmm. So, on-field results aren't the only thing at play here. But, yes, Missouri is playing much better football. Did the mule shoe loss feel a little more hollow? Of course. Yes, it did. Of course. Yes, it did. And I hope Alex Grinch winds up at a, you know, has a chance to get out there and have another shot at it, right? I hope he does. But Muleshoe in Autzen Stadium this weekend. Whoo, that could be. It's By the way, here's what I don't want to have. Ugly. It's It should because that's a physical Oregon football team. 
it is a physical, tough Oregon football team, which USC is not. Uh, 9.30, by the way. They talk about that. It's going to be fun. Now, by the way, Neil Shue's not going to get like Jim Leonard or anybody, is he? Oh, there's no shot. Again, I, I do not believe. You think he'll be gone after I this year? I do not believe that Mule Shoe is USC's head coach next year. I do not believe that to be the case. Good, because I couldn't handle it if they start playing defense. I'm just telling you. Mule Shoe wins the national championship. I'm driving my vehicle into Lake Thunderbird. Just leave me there. Local Ohio says, look, we can say we don't believe in conspiracy theories, but with all the crap talk against OU in Texas in the offseason and the missed calls that have been egregiously ignored, there is something going on. We didn't play good enough to beat Oklahoma State, but they were there regardless, and that no call was more than evidence for a reasonable person to go, well, something is wrong here. No, I'm not saying you're crazy thinking that. I mean, if you think it's like a coordinated, you know, they all got together in the smoky room. All right, guys, here's what we're doing. No calls, you know. But I I just – I don't think there's a lot of sympathy out there for Oklahoma and Texas. Plus, sometimes these officials, they might be a little afraid to make that call down the stretch, right? And again, the Sooners should have put that game away. 100% should have put that game away. A really good Oklahoma football team does that. They're not a really good Oklahoma football team yet. A listener from Tulsa texted in to say the offense is good, they just have no killer instinct. Mm -hmm. Which, A, is true, and I want to validate that. But B, it is bizarre that we're sitting here on November 6th, 30 days after the Cotton Bowl, going... Yeah, this team lacks a killer instinct because they haven't always lacked a killer instinct. We saw it. No, We, we saw it in yeah, Dallas. We thought it was there. By the way, can we play the Mike Gundy OU beat themselves clip a game? Of course. Because I thought this was very interesting. For Gundy, uh, you know, and this was not at the podium. This was him kind of in a breakout session with reporters and everything. And this was a very interesting uh, soundbite. Teams are beating themselves. The other team's not beating them. And today, we had a chance. Like, I don't know, they had at least three turnovers, right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, they're going to, you know, if if, if, if if I'm coaching them and I'm, like, looking at the game, you know, and being fair across the board, they're going to feel like they beat themselves. And, and it's, I couldn't argue that. Um, we made some mistakes also, but I'm sure they're going to feel like that they hurt themselves. And that's happened a lot in college football. There you go. Now, again, when you have the opportunity to put somebody away or at least have a really good chance to win it and you've got several opportunities to cash that in, you shouldn't be in that position where a referee can decide your fate. Uh, Real quick before we get out of here, Steely, who do you think will be rolling out there first for the Sooner basketball team tonight? Oh, starters? Well, you got to go with Yuzan, obviously. Uh, J- Lose, yeah. McCullough, JV and McCollum. McCollum, yeah. Um, Jalen Moore. Jalen Moore from Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah you would think. Uh, Hughley. I think they, the kid from Pitt, uh, Otega Owe. Those are I like five. It. I like it. The, the really good text here from Paris Sooner, and I think this is a good place to leave it okay. on this Monday. Let's be honest. If it had been said that going into Week Ten we would be seven and two with a win over Texas. We'd have all considered that a success. 
starting 7-0 and raised the expectations a little beyond our ability. This team is still establishing their identity and learning to win. The guys that were a part of our recent Big 12 championships are all gone. Next year will be the real telling of how good our current staff is and will be. Again, that is Paris Sooner. With the and best. then there's Blue of Green Country who said, quote, Levy is on the take. Fire his ass now. <laughs> so there you go. Two very separate, very separate points of view. Would OU be 9-0 with Mike Gundy as head coach? Well, keep in mind, there was some coaching malpractice going on. Everybody's using that now, by the way. There was some coaching malpractice going on with Oklahoma State earlier in the season, right? But, give them credit, Cowboys staff came back. They've done a nice job. Mike Gundy's got a great chance to be the uh, conference coach of the year. All right, got to get out of here. I want to thank, again, our friends at Riverwind Casino. Thank you to Oklahoma Generator as well. We're going to get locked in coming up next. Some recruiting news, and I'm sure a lot of texts rolling in because the text line is not stopping. It's a runaway freight train is what it is right now. Everybody have a great rest of your Monday. We'll be back tomorrow talking what else. A lot of Sooner football and more.